Welcome to another episode of Open Doors, Conversations with Heart of the Father. I'm your host, Jacqueline Harper. Open Doors is a conversation about inviting God's love, presence, and power into our hearts. We are friends and teammates from Heart of the Father Ministries who share in the mission of setting captive hearts free through Unbound Ministry. We're so glad you could join us. Hello, listeners, and welcome to episode 30 of the Open Doors podcast. My name is Jen Lozano, and I am your host for today. Joining me today is the executive director of Heart of the Father, the author of the best-selling book, Unbound, A Practical Guide to Deliverance. I don't know if that's true, but I'll, we'll just go with it. It's sold a lot of copies. For, there's a lot in print, for sure. Neil Lozano. Welcome, Neil. Well, it's good to be back here with you. I've been listening to some of your recent podcasts, and you and Matt have done such a great job, and of course, all the others have been great, too, but just thinking about the last one you and Matt did together, it was just just fabulous. Awesome. Thanks for that. Well, today, Neil and I will be touching on the third and fourth keys of Unbound, renunciation and authority. If you want, you can dive a little deeper into that topic, um, because we'll just be touching the surface today. In our Freedom in Christ series, which you can get CD, DVD, streaming, MP3, however you want it, you would want to check out session four from the Freedom in Christ conference series, or you could read chapter five and six of Neil's book, Unbound. Speaking of Freedom in Christ, the day that this episode drops, we are almost exactly one month away from our next Freedom in Christ conference, May 6th through 7th in the Philadelphia area at St. Mary Magdalene School in Media, Pennsylvania. If you're local, or even if you're not local, come travel to the Philadelphia area. It's a beautiful time of year, and attending a Freedom in Christ conference can really be life-changing. Registration is up on our website, heartofthefather.com, so you can register there and you can learn more details about the conference. Well, Dad, just to get you warmed up a little bit, our listeners warmed up, I thought I'd just start with just a question about what God has been speaking to you or maybe highlighting in Scripture the past week or so. Well, there's two things that come to my mind. One is, uh, as I was preparing for this this podcast, I was rereading from Mark 16, and just one line from there, it says, go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation and I was thinking about how how privileged we are to have a mission and how we have good news to carry and and that everyone everyone needs this good news. And I think back when I was, I was just encountered the Lord for the first time, it was that discovery, good news, I have good news. I wasn't using that words, but I knew I wanted to give it to everyone. This week I, I had a, the opportunity to listen to a podcast and I listened to someone give their personal testimony. And in their testimony, they talked about how long it took them to expose their heart and to bring the deep things of their heart forth. And the important element in in that was trust. It was having a, a relationship with a person in which they really felt safe. And so putting these things two together, I just was thinking about Unbound Ministry and how how we're, we're teaching people to listen. 
We're teaching people how to create a safe uh, relationship, a safe space where people can give and share whatever it is on their heart. I mean, sometimes we're just not ready to go and share it all. But if we can share some of it, it'll just get the ball rolling. So I was thinking about, you know, the good news that we proclaim is the thing that opens people up. I've always felt like it's hope. When people are given hope, then they're willing to be vulnerable. Then they're willing to take a risk. Then they're willing to make the next step. So I hope those thoughts somehow connect to our theme today about renunciation and authority, and we'll see how it all fits together. Even if it doesn't, Dad, that's, it's really good to remember about the good news, <laughs> especially in today's atmosphere where there's a lot of not-so-great news coming at us at, from every angle. And so I appreciate the reminder about good news and the importance of creating a safe environment to share your heart in. That's important for all of us. So that's good regardless whether it ties into our theme or not. Okay, well, let's go ahead and dive into renunciation and authority. Renunciation is sort of a big word. Could you define renunciation for me, Dad? Well, the simple uh, definition of renunciation means is to repudiate or to break ties with. For us, When we speak about renunciation, we speak about speaking it in the name of Jesus, which means it becomes a personal expression of our will, united with the will of God through Jesus Christ. So in the name of Jesus, we're calling on his name, we're calling on his authority, but we're also joining ourselves to him in a personal way to exercise our will. And and that's, that's such an important part of it. Renunciation is also an expression of our responsibility, the responsibility we have for our lives, and it's an expression of the authority that Jesus has given to us. And when we renounce things, it includes anything that's not of God. We renounce evil spirits, we renounce the works of the enemy, we renounce spiritual bondage, addictive habits, lies, sins, anything that opposes truth, anything that is not of the kingdom, Anything that doesn't belong to Jesus, it doesn't belong to us. And unfortunately, all of us have made homes or little homes for some of these things. When they're brought to the light, what we can do is we can name them and we can renounce them in his name and by his power. Thanks, Neil, for listing those things that oppose God or aren't the truth. I think that's really important to remember. And I really love how you expressed, you use the words exercise our will and our responsibility in life. It reminds me of the story that you tell at the conference about your friend who was diagnosed with cancer. What did he say in the doctor's office? Well, when he found out that he had cancer, he realized that fear was the biggest uh, biggest obstacle because whenever people mention the word cancer, they think of fear. Fear grips hold of them or fear grips the people around them. And and so what he, he would say is, I will not fellowship with fear. Mm-hmm. So that's the way he expressed his renunciation. And there's many ways we can express renunciation, but if you understand the heart of it, and if you understand that you're doing it in the name of Jesus, you can you can break the ties with these lies that have are seeking to grab hold of you or have grab, grabbed hold of you a long time ago. That's so good. 
I listened to our podcast from last week, and Allison Miller, our guest in that episode, mentioned the early days of Unbound before the book was even printed. She had a great testimony about renouncing fits of rage and anger after she heard about you teach on renunciation. She had really not thought about renunciation in that way before, and it was very significant for her. Is renunciation a new thing, or has it been around for a while? (laughs) That's a great question. Well, the answer to that question is yes and no. (laughs) So first I'll do the yes. You know, many of our listeners are are very familiar with an ancient practice in the church where we, since the third century at the time of baptism, candidates before baptism would, would declare, I renounce Satan and all of his works and all of his empty promises. And so this liturgical formula has been repeated through the years. So many of us have have already verbally renounced Satan and renounced the lies, renounced his, his empty promises and all of his works. And so that's not something foreign to us. And even in the Catholic Catechism, in section 2015, it says, there is no holiness without renunciation and spiritual battle. So it, it's, I don't mean to say even in the Catechism, I mean even as current as Catechism is, it speaks about the importance of renunciation related to spiritual battle. Renunciation is an important aspect of ongoing conversion. So it's not new. We're, we're all in a battle to walk faithfully with the Lord. We, we all seek to understand His power and to yield to His power and renounce our enemies. And I, I kind of look at renunciation and the act or the expression of renunciation, as a tool that we can all learn to use. And then it becomes more like a weapon against our enemies. Sometimes people confess their sins over and over because they've, they, they're seeking relief from not their sin. They, they may know that they're forgiven, but, but even though that they believe and know that God has forgiven them, they may just be beset by guilt and condemnation and shame. And so we'll go back to confessing, but really what's required is to begin to identify the things that have attached themselves to the sin or come as a consequence of the sin that has made a home in them. And uh, renunciation is just a great way to do that. But for many, like Alison Miller, it can seem new. I remember when Unbound was first published, there's a number of people that said, I think that peace on renunciation is the peace that you're giving to the church. And now I, I kind of disagree with them because I think <laughs> the, the five keys put together is the gift. But in their experience and in their ministry, the, the peace that was, was not developed, that had, not, had been missing, was this ability or to enable people to, to make renunciations. I remember a therapist told me once that he had He had two men that had been addicted to pornography for like 30 and 40 years. And it wasn't until after one of our conferences that he began to apply the keys, and in particular, renunciation. And so these men had done everything. They they were going to counseling. They wanted to be free. Marriages had been broken up because of it. They, They really wanted to be free. And yet it wasn't until they were taught and helped to say, in the name of Jesus, I renounce pornography. And in the name of Jesus, I renounce the shame and 
and all the things that underlied that were underlying the the addiction to pornography, and both of them experienced liberation. Mm-hmm. Wow. So what's new for many like Allison is the experience of using their voice to renounce the things that oppose holiness in their lives. So many times we just learn to live with these thoughts that we know are not true. We know they don't belong, they don't line up, but we don't know what to do about it because we just think they're just our thoughts. We just Then, then we criticize and condemn ourselves over it. Mm-hmm. But verbal renunciation can open people up to to. First of all, it can open people up to a greater awareness of the spiritual reality that surrounds them. So just by saying, in the name of Jesus, I renounce self-criticism. In the name of Jesus, I renounce self-hatred. Just speaking it, you can become aware that there are, it, it really is a spiritual reality. It's not just your thoughts. It's you're in a battle And in the name of Jesus, renouncing it is an expression of one's will. So like I said, it's like putting a new and powerful weapon into someone's hands by just teaching them the simplicity of what it means to renounce in the name of Jesus. My spirit just goes, yes, I want that new and powerful weapon. Like, Don't we all want that in our spiritual life? That's so good. I really love how you highlighted the importance of identifying the lie that's attached to the sin or maybe a circumstance that's happened in our lives. I think it's important to that identification piece and then using your voice again to express your will. So, so good. At the conference, when you teach about renunciation, you always tie renunciation together with the fourth key of unbound, authority. What do you mean by authority and why do you often tie the two keys together? Well, authority is something that's delegated to us from above. It's something we receive, something we're given. Jesus has given us authority to carry out the mission that we have been given, to to proclaim the good news, to set the captives free, to heal the sick, to bring liberation. So we have been given this incredible mission. It's really his mission that we share in. And as we walk with him, we share in the authority uh, that he has because it's been delegated to us. I like to think that a simple way of thinking about it is that any God-given responsibility we've been given, as listeners, you might think of that right now, I'm responsible for my children, I'm responsible for this ministry, I'm responsible to take care of my life, I'm responsible to God for my time of prayer and worship. And you have all kinds of responsibilities, things that are really good for you to be doing, and that's going to advance the kingdom of God in in small or big ways. Well, you need to know that God has given you authority to do that, that when you set out to do that and you feel weak, you, you feel helpless, you have his authority, and you can call on his name and, and believe that you're not going alone. You're not doing this service by yourself. You're doing it with him. He sent you. And so really, using the, the first three keys of Unbound are all expressions of authority. You know, I surrender to Jesus Christ. I give my life. I receive him. So you're taking up the authority you have as a, as a person that's called by God to surrender, to respond to Jesus. And the second key is 
I forgive in the name of Jesus. I take up what he did for me on the cross and the words he spoke on the cross, and, and I decide to forgive in his name. And renunciation is the same. I renounce shame. I renounce self-hatred. I renounce, I renounce lust in the name of Jesus. These are things that we have authority in his name to do. The image that I think has helped a lot of people is, is thinking about the prodigal. You know, when the prodigal came home, his father hugged him. He put his robe on. He got him the sandals. But, but he also put a ring on his finger. And that ring represented, the ring said to his son, you can represent me now. You have my authority and my business dealings. And wherever I send you, if I send you into town, you have my ring, you have my authority. Well, when we believed and we were baptized, we received that ring of authority. And so many people are just so hesitant to, to think about Little old me having any authority to do anything. And yet, sometimes look down at that finger, at your finger, and, and remember, he's given you a ring. He's given you authority to represent him in the service and the mission that you're called to. Many people experience uh, a new level of freedom with the first key, the second key, the third key. Uh, a lot of times it's with the fourth key that they really experience it all come together and a, a new experience of freedom comes upon them. And so this word of command, this expression of authority is just so vital to all the, all the keys as we, as we present them in Unbound Ministry. I would say it's important to know that we have not been given authority over other people. We have been given authority as Jesus has taught us We've been given authority to serve, to wash other people's feet, to come alongside and to encourage and to proclaim the good news. When we proclaim the good news and people respond to it, that, that's actually the moment where the authority that we have exercised is received in the response. It's just an interesting thing to remember that in most situations in the gospel, Jesus healed those that came to him. So it was in their coming to him, in responding to the message, that they were yielding to the authority that he exercised on their behalf. Mm, wow. I need to think about that for a minute. <laughs> Just the importance of coming to Jesus. I really like how you tied in the th first three keys to authority. It made me think we often talk about Unbound being person-focused, um, person-centered, and it's like everything is just tied together, focusing on the person and the inerrant dignity that we have that God has given to us and as his children. And so we can express out of our dignity authority that we have. <laughs> That's right. We, we need to understand that we have been entrusted with God's Holy Spirit. He dwells in us, and He wants us to exercise the gifts of the Spirit. He wants the Spirit to be manifest in our lives and in how we serve, and the Spirit really wants to be made known. I love doing these podcasts because it certainly, we're talking about what, what is taught at the conferences, but it sort of is like 
either exploring a different angle of a key or going a little bit deeper or taking a step back and looking at it more globally. So listeners, if you have been to a conference and you think, oh, we're just talking about renunciation and authority, I just encourage you to listen in because you might grab something new from these podcasts. Well, just before we wrap up, one final question for you, Dad. If renunciation is a new concept to one of our listeners, what might you say to them to help them get started to use this powerful tool as a weapon, as you said earlier? Well, I think uh, self-reflection is a good word. I think if sometimes self-reflection can uh, spill over into introspection and become like trying to heal yourself and go deeper into the darkness, but but self-reflection is something we should be doing all the time, and we should be doing it with others, small groups, friends, spiritual direction, counselors. We do it when we dialogue with the Lord. Sometimes when we... <laughs> I heard this once. Sometimes when we're praying, we're just worrying with our eyes closed. (laughs) (laughs) And and yet when we're dialoguing with the Lord, when we're talking to Him about our life and and bringing our life to Him, there's a kind of reflection, a a revelation that can go on. Each of us has, has a story, the story of our life, the story of our day, the story of our week. And when we tell the story, even if we're just telling it to the Lord, we can recognize threads of darkness, repeated responses, recurring relationships, or wounds or or memories from the past that came up this week because of something that happened this week. And knowing that, understanding that whole dynamic, and then putting it together with the first three keys, and in particular, renunciation, we can renounce the lies of the enemy. And we can recognize uh, emotional words that we use like, oh, I hate my sister, or I, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm so angry, I'm so frustrated, I've been so lonely. And when you hear yourself, or in small groups, you, and you're speaking out loud, and you hear these words, you can go home and just really dialogue with the Lord about that. And you can say, in the name of Jesus, I renounce loneliness. And I'm going to do something about that today. And in the name of Jesus, I renounce the fear of rejection. And I'm not going to act out of that anymore. And in the name of Jesus, I command any spirit or any oppression that surrounds that rejection to leave me right now. You know, we're all, we're all afflicted by lies. If you can recognize them, uh, great. Sometimes you might need someone else to help you to recognize the deepest lies. And it may be an unbound ministry session. You might find someone that can lead you through unbound and listen to you and help you identify some of the foundational lies that you've been believing, like something's wrong with me, or it's always my fault, or no one could ever love me, or, or I'll always be alone. Maybe there's some of the listeners that would connect to those or, or, or immediately just recognize something else. Don't discount it. Don't forget it. Write it down. Take it to somebody. Pray it through. Get out unbound. Go through the five keys and renounce those lies. Renounce the negative words that you carry around in your head all the time. If there's a negative word that's stuck in your head, ask yourself, who was the first person to say that to me? Mm -hmm. Or ask yourself, what was the experience? What was the time that I first said that to myself and started believing it? And then you can, you can, you can forgive and you can renounce 
and you can start taking your stand. As it says in Ephesians 6, take your stand against the schemes of the devil. Well, you can take your stand. You can start taking your stand right now through renunciation and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ who has come to save you. He's come to deliver you. He's come to rescue you. And as you yield your life to him, you're going to be able to take up his power and speak in his name, both the good news to others, but also the good news to yourself. And you can speak in his name, renouncing your enemies and declaring the truth over your life. Amen. (laughs) I was going to have you close in prayer, but I think you just did it. (laughs) So listener, I just hope that you just receive that word over your life right now, that you are a beloved child of God. And just ask the Holy Spirit if there's anything that you need to identify. And as Neil said, take your stand against the enemy. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you'd like to learn more about taking hold of the freedom you have been given in Christ, check out our website, heartofthefather.com, and find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. This is Matt, Jen, Rachel, and Jacqueline saying goodbye until next time. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him. And he with me. Revelation 3.20